Welcome to Done and Done. I'm Alicia, your hostess on this podcast journey, all things Dominic Dunn, where nothing is linear and everything is connected. Thank you for joining me today as we continue our investigation into the Von Bulos, Sonny and Klaus. In this episode, answering the question we asked in the last episode, who is Mrs. Reynolds? Who is this mysterious lady maybe controlling the money, financing the appeal of Klaus von Bülow, convicted of twice attempting to murder his wife, heiress Sonny von Bülow, and sentenced to 30 years? Andrea Reynolds is her name, and here we are about to have some fun intersecting our man Dominic Dunn into the story. His reporting of Andrea Reynolds in Fatal Charm, The Social Web of Klaus von Bülow, published both in article form in Vanity Fair and published in collections of his essays as well. His coverage is really just simply ravishing. As much as Dominic Dunn was obsessed with the Lonergan case, we covered that one back in episode 22 of Done and Done. Nick is a teenager snuck out of school to get the newspapers about the Lonergan case. I did the exact same thing with Vanity Fair and the Von Bülow case with Dominic Dunn reporting on it in 1985. Delicious stuff. Who is this lady? Klaus's next mistress and benefactress, Andrea Reynolds. She actually enters the picture during the first trial of Klaus von Bülow, almost before his conviction, but definitely is way more involved after his conviction. And our man Nick gets quite the scoop. Let's investigate. Andrea Reynolds anyway. Our man Nick manages to get some dish in his reporting of Klaus von Bülow's second trial. And remember here, Dominic Dunn is in his resurrection. The two Mrs. Grenvilles has been published. It's being made into a mini-series. And here Dominic is off to report on the second trial of Klaus von Bülow. Dominic has had plenty of time to investigate around for all of the hot gossip as he was investigating both Anne and Billy Woodward for his first novel and gaining information on Klaus and Sonny at the same time. In 1985, Dominic Dunn is covering that second trial and it begins so innocently. Dominic Dunn will get all of the inside scoop from all of the players in this trial Dominic Dunn writes in Fatal Charm about this connection in the second trial and Andrea Reynolds. For the first several weeks of the trial in Providence, my room at the Biltmore Plaza Hotel was on the same floor as the rooms Von Bülow and Mrs. Reynolds shared. For several years, I had seen the two of them around New York. Although we had never spoken, we had often been at the same parties or in the same restaurants. The first day in the courtroom, Von Bülow recognized me, but he did not acknowledge me. The second day, he nodded to me in the men's room. When we met in the corridor of the 14th floor of the hotel, 
he struck up a conversation about a portable word processor I was carrying. At that moment, the door to their suite opened, and Andrea Reynolds came out into the hall. She said to Von Bulow, I don't know Mr. Dunn's first name. Dominic, I said. Von Bulow, leaning toward her, said slowly and deliberately, And Mr. Dunn is not friendly toward us. I'm being friendly now, I said. They invited me into their room, which had a sitting area at one end of it. An open closet was crammed with Mrs. Reynolds's clothes and at least twenty pairs of her shoes. We mustn't talk about the trial, said Von Bulow. For a while we talked about Cosima Von Bulow, who had that day been accepted at Brown University and would soon graduate from Brooks School in Massachusetts. Von Bulow spoke proudly and affectionately of her. Cosima is Klaus and Sonny's daughter to feature heavily in this tale. Hold on to that. The thing I need you to know is that Dunn at this point is in, into the social web of Klaus von Bülow and Andrea Reynolds for the second trial. Here, Dominic secures an interview for Vanity Fair with his friend and photographer, Helmut Newton, taking the pictures of the couple. Klaus and Andrea get the cover of Vanity Fair in August 1985, and what an entrance. Get a load of this from Dominic's reporting in Fatal Charm. This is how it begins when Dominic comes to interview Klaus and Andrea with Helmut Newton taking the photos. Dominic Dunn writes, How is my old friend Bobby Moltke von Bülow asked Newton as he was setting up his photographic equipment. Then he added, Not well, I hear. Newton resides in Monte Carlo, where Count Mulkey lives part of the year, and the inquiry was distinctly perverse. Count Moltke is the father of Alexandra Isles, von Bülow's former mistress, for whom, in the opinion of many, he sought to be rid of his wife. That day her name was prominent in the newspapers because another former lover of hers, the theater critic John Simon had given an interview to the New York Post saying that he was in almost daily contact with the missing actress and that she had no intention of returning to testify at the second trial. Furthermore, Count Moltke, a Danish aristocrat, is known to loathe his fellow countryman for having involved the Count's daughter in a scandal that has haunted her for years. Oh, sweet Alexandra, more on her to come, investigators. Dunn continues in the next paragraph. When I admired the carpet in the drawing room, Von Bülow said, I believe in building a room from the rug up. Did you ever know Billy Wallace in England? His father ordered this rug from Portugal before the war, and by the time it arrived, the war had started, and it was put in storage and never used. I bought it from the family after the war. As usual, his attitude and conversation totally belied the fact that he was at that very moment a candidate for a long sojourn in one of Rhode Island's adult correctional institutions. 
it is just that kind of line that I love Dominic done for. He really is in his element here, reporting with all the enthusiasm of his new career, knowing what he knows about previous generations as well. Dunn continues, While Von Bulow posed for Newton in front of a portrait of himself and painted in Paris when he was 21, Mrs. Reynolds dressed in a white satin lace-trim negligee, her eyes rimmed with black eyeliner, appeared and led me back to Sonny Von Bulow's bedroom. On the bed, Mrs. Reynolds had laid out evening dresses and a black leather outfit that matched Von Bulow's for the shoot. One of the many stories about Andrea Reynolds that circulated at the trial in Providence and in the Upper East Side dining rooms of New York was that she wore Mrs. Von Bulow's clothes and jewels and that she had the clothes altered by a seamstress from the Yves St. Laurent boutique on Madison Avenue. Dunn is bringing all the dish just right to Andrea Reynolds who will retort to that remark. Dunn continues writing, Not true, Mrs. Reynolds had exclaimed when I mentioned these allegations a few days earlier. I have far better jewels than Sonny Von Bulow ever had. I've had fantastic jewels all my life. I wasn't even 20 when I had one of the biggest diamonds around. Be careful what you say about my jewels. I don't want to be robbed again. She suffered a million-dollar jewel heist at her villa in Saint-Tropez in the late 60s and was quoted then by the French columnist Jacques Chazat as saying, quote, They were only my bijou de plage, unquote. Another robbery occurred in her New York hotel suite when she was at the movies seeing Deep Throat and once a pair of $80,000 earrings disappeared from a dressing room at Dior in Paris after she removed them to try on fur turbans. She suspects that they were lifted by an American-born duchess of historical importance who used the dressing room after her. She opened several velvet boxes on the bed, revealing a treasure trove of emeralds, diamonds, and pearls. Mummy sent me these, she said. Oh, Dominic Dunn is getting all of the inside scoop from all sides. It is glorious and terrible, all of it. So who is mummy for Andrea Reynolds? Dominic Dunn is going to tell us a bit about Andrea's history before she intersects with Klaus von Bülow. Dominic Dunn continuing from Fatal Charm. Andrea Reynolds was born Andrea Milos. Her family was described to me by a Hungarian who knew them as noble without a title. She and her mother fled Hungary for Switzerland when the Russians arrived, but her father, a banker, was forced to stay behind. Eventually, he escaped to Morocco with the family jewels sewn, according to Mrs. Reynolds, into the seams of his later hosen. In Casablanca, he opened a dry-cleaning establishment called Mill Flores, and his fortune started to flourish again after he secured the business of the United States Army base in Casablanca. After her parents divorced, her mother married Sir Oliver Duncan, an immensely rich Englishman with pro-German leanings who sat out the war in Switzerland. 
older by far than his new wife, and suffering from Parkinson's disease, he was an heir to the Pfizer Pharmaceutical Company. The facts of his murder are murky, but nearly all sources agree that he was kidnapped from Switzerland and hidden in a convent in Rome. At some point during his incarceration, he was carried to Monte Carlo and forced to sign away his fortune to his abductors. Some Europeans familiar with the story told me his body had never been found, but Mrs. Reynolds said she knew exactly where her stepfather was buried. Her mother, the widowed Lady Duncan, now lives in Brazil. During all these topsy-turvy things, I always went to the best schools, said Mrs. Reynolds. Her first husband was a French-Italian named Ellis Giorgini. They had, according to Mrs. Reynolds, a beautiful wedding in Paris. But the marriage was short-lived. He drank a bit too much, quote-unquote. Her second husband, Pierre Frottier-Douche, a Frenchman, is the father of her only child, Caroline, who is a student of veterinary medicine at the University of Pennsylvania and the mother of Eliza McCarthy. They lived in a house in Paris that had once belonged to Anatoly France and had a villa in Saint-Tropez. At one time very rich, Frotier suffered severe financial reverses. When he later went bankrupt, Mrs. Reynolds gave him back all the jewels he had given her. I'm a gentleman, she said, asked to comment on the story that Frotier had been forced to become a taxi driver after he went broke. She replied, no, 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 a limousine driver, and he would pick up people like Henry Ford, whom he knew from before, and Henry would sit up in the front seat with him when he realized it was Pierre. Her conversation is peppered with fashionable names. The late Florence Gould, daughter-in-law of robber Baron Jay Gould, was the godmother of her daughter Caroline. The late Babe Paley was the matron of honor at her third marriage to film producer Sheldon Reynolds. When pressed, she admitted, Well, actually, Babe was sick on the day of the wedding with a toothache and Someone else had to stand in, but I think of her as my matron of honor. She claims to be on excellent terms with all of her husbands, but the two I spoke with did not share her opinion. If Klaus has to marry Andrea, said Sheldon Reynolds, he will wish he'd been convicted. Oh my, what's even happening here? Who is Sheldon Reynolds? Andrea's ex-husband, her third one, who she was married to, before the two of them reach out to Klaus von Bülow together during his first trial. I can't even. Dunn will continue his investigation here within Fatal Charm, writing, During the final days of the first trial, Andrea Reynolds and her third husband, television producer Sheldon Reynolds, wrote a letter to von Bülow telling him they believed he was innocent. Lonely and isolated, von Bülow responded, they met in New York the day after his return there from Newport following the guilty verdict, and a warm friendship quickly developed. Remember, Klaus is out on a million-dollar bail. Given that bail, Klaus is now working on overturning his conviction. Back to Dunn. He spent weekends, this is Klaus, 
at the couple's country house in Livingston Manor, New York, and they stayed frequently at the Von Bulow apartment. They made plans to have Reynolds be the agent for Von Bulow's proposed autobiography and the miniseries based on it. Von Bulow believes Robert Duvall should play him if a film or a miniseries is ever made. These plans fell apart when Reynolds, on a business trip in London, read in a gossip column that his wife and Von Bulow were having an affair. A divorce is in progress. Mrs. Reynolds claims she was a neglected wife. We were both unhappy when we met, Klaus and I. And Andrea Reynolds is not exactly the kind of woman that Klaus von Bülow typically goes for. She's not exactly his type. People in Klaus's world have things to say about Andrea, as Dunn will continue in Fatal Charm. Look, said one of von Bülow's swellest friends, who doesn't see him anymore. Six years ago, before all this happened, Klaus wouldn't have had time for Andrea Reynolds. Although she claims to have known von Bülow for years, they did not travel in the same echelons of high society. She has a history of taking up with men who are at their low ebb and reviving them. A man just convicted of twice attempting to murder his wife would not seem like much of a catch to most women, but to Andrea Reynolds, Klaus von Bülow, sentenced to 30 years pending appeal, was the ticket to center stage that she had always craved. And that is absolutely the truth. Andrea Reynolds is doing the thing. Let's take a quick break here and then come back to talk about Klaus and Andrea setting tongues in New York City wagging back in a moment. Oh, again, Dominic Dunn just writes so beautifully sometimes. Andrea Reynolds is standing center stage as the current lady love and most fervent supporter of her man, Klaus von Bülow, standing by him and supporting him financially as well. Isn't that line wonderful? About Andrea, history of taking up with men who are at their low ebb and reviving them. A man just convicted of twice attempting to murder his wife wouldn't seem like much of a catch, but wow, Andrea putting her claws into Klaus. How are they out and about in New York? Dunn will write about the couple. They made one of their first public appearances together in New York at a party given by Lady Jean Campbell, a former wife of Norman Mailer and the daughter of the 11th Duke of Argyle. It was a glittering gathering of social names, literary names, titles, and a few film stars. And when Von Bülow and Mrs. Reynolds entered late, after the theater, all conversations stopped. The occasion established Klaus von Bülow's tremendous social celebrity. After that, the couple maintained a high profile in the upper register of New York. They attended the opera regularly, on the smart night, and were frequent guests at the parties of such well-chronicled hostesses as von Bülow's old friend, Mercedes Kellogg, the wife of Ambassador Francis Kellogg, and his new friend and staunch supporter, Alice Mason, the New York realtor. They were also regulars at Mortimer's, the Upper East Side restaurant that caters to Manhattan's 
people you love to read about. We have covered Mortimer's in many a previous episode. It really does all come together. Dunn continues, As a couple, they entertained frequently and elegantly at Sunny's Fifth Avenue apartment. Very good food and lots of waiters, said man about town Johnny Gallagher. One party was a vernissage for Andrea Reynolds' eye lift. The guest of honor was Dr. Daniel Baker, the plastic surgeon who had performed the operation. Their frantic pace continued right up to the second trial and included an 18th birthday party for Klaus and Sonny's daughter Cosima at Mortimer's, attended by such von vivants of New York as John Richardson, Kenny Lane, and Ronaldo and Carolina Herrera, but not by a single person of Cosima's age. As long as they take Cosima with them when they go out, her trust pays the bill, said an informed source. They spent their last evening in New York before the second trial at a party given by Cornelia Guest, the city's most highly publicized post-debutante, whose mother, Cezy Guest, the noted horsewoman, gardener, and socialite, was prepared to give testimony in Bambulo's behalf at the trial and corroborate the allegations of the late Truman Capote and others that Sonny Von Bulow was a drug addict and a drunk. Holy cats, it is all so sordid. In an ironic twist here, Truman Capote's testimony will not be admitted into the second trial, as he will pass away before that second trial begins. But hey, our man Nick is getting all the scoop for how high society feels about this case. What do they have to say? Dunn reveals in Fatal Charm. Von Bülow inspires feelings that range from detestation to zealotry. At one of Alice Mason's party, the editor of a magazine, appalled to be in the same room with a man found guilty of attempting to murder his wife, said she would leave if she were seated at the same table with him. Another woman at the party remarked, He might look like the devil, but he's such a cozy old thing and so amusing to sit next to at dinner. Have you seen him do his imitation of Queen Victoria? Ah, Trompelet. He is one charming sociopath, Klaus von Bülow. He has charmed Andrea Reynolds for whatever purposes, and he is going to use her like nobody's business in his appeal and second trial. She is kind of a star. She's going to make Klaus way more likable. To be fair, Andrea Reynolds is not without her charms. She really does quite a bit for her lover, not that he realizes it or will thank her. Andrea is really, truly his best supporter and is a little bit trompe herself. Few more bits here from Dominic Dunn connecting it all together. Said Andrea Reynolds about Cosima. Cosima has the best qualities of both her parents. She has the beauty and serenity of Sonny and the intelligence and strength of Klaus. Von Bülow acknowledged to me later Mrs. Reynolds's importance in Cosima's life. She has been the adult woman to whom Cosima would constantly turn with her little flirtations or whatever a young girl wants to talk about. No new woman in my life could have survived a lack of affinity with Cosima. Andre is good to Klaus's daughter. 
Andrea is also good for Klaus's connections, said Andrea Reynolds. Goodness, it all really does get shady. Senator Pell called me this morning, says Andrea Reynolds, and wanted to have lunch with Klaus in Providence. And you can print that. She was referring to Senator Claiborne Pell of Rhode Island. He obviously doesn't think he's guilty. Von Bulow remarked with a self-depreciatory kind of humor that had become a trademark with him that he had declined the invitation because he didn't want to spoil the senator's chances of winning a sixth term by being seen with him in public. Senator Pell and Newport, it really is a tiny community. Dunn is going to finish this up writing. That night, I happened to fly back to New York on the same plane that Senator and Mrs. Pell were on. I struck up a conversation with Mrs. Pell and revealed that I was covering the Von Bulow trial. I said I was with Klaus Von Bulow this afternoon and heard the Senator had called to ask him for lunch. Is that what you were told? Mrs. Pell asked. Nuala Pell is the daughter of Joe Hartford Bryce, the great Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company heiress, and a Newport neighbor of the Von Bulows. Yes, I replied. Mr. Von Bulow called my husband. My husband didn't call Mr. Von Bulow, Mrs. Pell said. Lines are being drawn between neighbors and high society, between Sonny's family, Oh, the complicated web we are about to get into, as Klaus von Bülow will be put on trial again, a second trial for the two attempted murders of his wife. This is what we're coming back to next week on Done and Done for another double drop. I am determined to finish this Klaus and Sonny von Bülow arc within the month of November. Again, two more episodes coming next week with another early ad-free double drop on Patreon. Thank you all for listening and your kind support, your nice emails, your ratings, reviews, as well as your support on patreon.com slash done and done. Two or $5 a month will get you early episodes, ad-free episodes at that, and bonus not done yet episodes too. Wishing everyone the happiest of Thanksgiving holidays this week. Until we meet again on our next Dunday, when we come back with that second trial and all of its drama. Friends, I want you to stay curious and keep on investigating. Thanks for listening to the Done and Done podcast, a Hemlock Creatives production. You can email us at doneanddone at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at doneanddonepodcast. For further information about our episodes or sources, you can find us online at www.doneanddone.com. See you next week, friends.